Amen. I was so caught up in preparing the uh, message, I forgot to be horrified at the public speaking part. <laughs> it all hit me like two days ago. I was ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, yeah. So, yeah. It's like... Um, we have been... Caleb and I have been talking about the idea of preaching and preachers a bit over this year, or, you know, like pastors, leaders, having been in church for so many years, like what's... What's the deal with some people being up there and everyone else and all that kind of thing and, and is that even how it should be and just, you know, like the, probably the typical um, midlife Christian thoughts about how churches run and stuff. Um, and then also obviously with speaking here, I've also been thinking about preaching like uh, as an idea of what we do in church each week and why and who gets to and why should we listen to each other um, and that kind of thing. And I know that like, there's actually like some people that have a very amazing gift of teaching um, where they really have, you know, um, understanding and also have, um, you know, like researched and learned and have got like these amazing insights to share. Um, and then there's like just people that are really funny and then there's people that are just like really good communicators. Um, I'm not one of either of any of those, just so you know. <laughs> but um, I was very encouraged when I was reading Colossians 3.16 about um, we should always exhort each other strongly. We should always, um, you know, like share um, encouragements with each other. We should speak to each other with um, songs which my mum always used to tell us when we were little, songs and spiritual, or songs, psalms and spiritual songs? No, yeah, too many songs. Well, lots of songs, that's all good. I have got some songs today, so that works. Um, but yes, yeah, so I just really want to just um, put this, start this, uh, frame this? I don't know. This is an, you know, like an exhortation. Um, I, I know that a lot, um, most, if not all of you, will have encountered you know, like have lived, lived and um, had revelations of what I'm going to say today already in your Christian life, so it's nothing new. Um, and um, like I don't presume to be telling any, any of my grandmas how to suck eggs um, because a lot of you, you know, like you're, you're um, way further in your faith um, journey than I am and you will have um, definitely encountered this because it's in the Bible, but also I do strongly feel that God when I said, you know, to God, what do you want to share today? Um, that this was, uh, you know, like really impressed upon me as something that he wants to say to us all today. So um, there's that. Um, so hopefully you can just think of this as a conversation with a friend who's str- strongly encouraging you, and I hope that it is strongly encouraging to you. It just happens that your friend is monologuing with a microphone. <laughs> so, which is actually sometimes I do monologue in conversations. Sorry if you've ever got me on certain topics, I can go on. <laughs> So it's not that different, but um, but yeah. So preaching, we don't always remember everything that was said, but um, we remember the moments that it's led us to with God. So I'm hoping that happens today, and and believing that it will because I really feel already through the you know through the service and that 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 he, what I feel like he has to say is you know has been borne out by what everyone else has been bringing. Um, my serving suggestion that I was given to by. Uh, that I was given by James was John 2021, 20, which has got so much, 20 and 21, not 2021, 20, John chapter 20 and chapter 21, and there is heaps in it, there is so much in it, um, I feel like, you know, like we know the story, you know, we cover it at Easter, but like if you, that sometimes we actually, or I haven't always actually read the chapters, you know, outside of just knowing the story of the gospel. Um, and yeah, there's so much in it, but I just, a couple of things that really caught at my heart while I was reading it is what I want to share today. I do talk fast when I talk, 
at all, but particularly when I'm nervous. But I know that we're probably running a bit late anyway, so finishing early won't hurt. But I actually have a bit. So I want to talk about sustenance. Um, I've got a few illustrations from some um, interesting literary sources. Um, I want to share the reminder that I think God's put on my heart today, um, specifically for us um, and anyone listening. Hi, Mickey in Japan, if you're listening, shout out to you. Um, anyone else, maybe Joe. Um, I want to share that, um, which I have confidence in because it's explicitly and implicitly in his word. But as I said, I believe it's an encouragement for us today. Um, I want to look at John 20 and a bit of Luke 24 as well, and also allow some time for God to do what he wants to do um, in our hearts as individuals as well. Cool. So, yes, I enjoyed reading the chapter, and it was cool how I know Matt um, spoke on the same chapters last week, and it was like a hugely different angle, but then towards the end he kind of... um, brought it so um, specifically to where I was picking up that it was quite cool um, when he said, how do we live in this place that we're now in the in-between, like in the world that we're living in today, which I think Anna spoke a bit about, like this broken world that we're living in, this human body that we're inhabiting, that all these things, um, how do we actually live? I think we can look at knowing why we're Christians, like we know what we believe, we know where we want to end up, um, we, and we can look at what we're supposed to do, and that's quite easy just to list. You know, like it's quite a um, something which you can. Uh, yeah, it's quite tangible. We need to be doing this. We need to be doing this. We need to be kind. We need to pray. We need to, you know, like the things we actually need. But it's uh, how do we live in the day to day and almost sometimes mundaneness of 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 where we're living and the. The mismatch, I guess, which is another thing that we've been looking at, where we are now and where we're, what we're waiting for um, in our day-to-day that we you know, like, literally wake up and face. Um, so I hope to uh, have a little bit of space of honesty here and freedom to sort of admit that, that sometimes that's really, really hard. And that's actually really, uh, and it's a difficult thing, you know. Uh, sorry about all the you knows and ums, but there you go. Um, <laughs> this one. You know, uh, the the thing about being a Christian is that there's there's heaps of hope. You know, this is not about being despairing and hopeless. Um, and so sometimes that can translate as being pretending that everything's fine or sort of not wanting to admit that anything's wrong or not want to admit that it's hard because we know the gift that God's given us and we know what we believe and we fully believe it. And so there's... but. Um, then sometimes, you know, it just doesn't feel that way. Or we say, why do these things happen? Why, why is there this pain? Why can't I just make this right for this person, this child, you know, like these things that are really hard? Um, how do we live now in this space knowing that this is ahead of us and knowing that it's connected to us now, but it's not, you know, fully realised yet? Um, and we can have heaps of doubts in that space. There can be heaps of anxiety in that space, and sometimes there's a reality of, of a, you know, something's a really hard in that space. I know, you know, like, uh, you don't have to be very old before, you know, there's been some pain in your life, um, and you don't have to look very far on any given day to see it around you. Um, the other thing that's hard about the space we're inhabiting now is the, is the unknown we can't know what's ahead of us any 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 time, like, and that's sort of tied into the pain we can see. We're like, well, any day that could be me, you know, and that's kind of like where we, so there's this idea of knowing the goodness of God, but then, do you know what I mean? There's that, there's that little, that space 
it feels big, but in the in the space of eternity, it's small. Um, but it feels big to us now. Um, and then there's also the mundane, which can sometimes be because we know God is powerful. We know that there's these these miraculous things. We have experienced them in our life, but sometimes there's years and years of just life that's honestly a little bit crappy sometimes. And sometimes it is good, but it's like not that good. Do you know what I mean? Like just to be honest. That, about it like I know sometimes I'm like is this my life <laughs> you know and it's I mean I'm my children are healthy and you know like I'm healthy and there's lots so much you know like we've got income we've got food on our table which is more than you know you know all these things but sometimes it is just like it's just repetitive and seems small and that can actually be wearying a little bit and then and, and tied in with that I think is the longing so obviously I'm I'm talking here to people that have a relationship with God, but I feel like I believe that people feel this longing whether they realize it or not. Um, and I was listening, I was revisiting the newsboys earlier this year, and I um, burst into tears one day in the car because I just was listening to one song by Phil Joel, the good old Kiwi guy, poet, songwriter, um, and it just said, uh, the, the bridge of it or whatever goes, I know that it's coming, but I can't see it now. I've touched it in moments, but I can't hold it yet. And it grows in the darkness and it calls us away to our true destination, to that glorious day. And it's, you know, like sometimes, sometimes even just having that longing is hard. Like, you know, they're unfulfilled. And, I, and we've been talking about the bride and the groom and the wedding, you know, and I feel sure that, you know, while the bride is waiting, there's actually, like, it's not where you want to be right then, is it? Um, and so we kind of live in that space and how do we live in that space? And sometimes... We want to opt out of all of those feelings. And I'm not talking about, you know, like real serious bad stuff here. I'm just talking about sometimes we just want to feel okay for a bit. Um, just want to take a break, just want to feel good about something. And um, we want to go shopping or hang out with friends or um, see, a, you know, watch a movie all evening and not think about anything or eat sugar, a lot of sugar. <laughs> um, and, you know, and give ourselves that pick-me-up. And I don't mean to say that we should be spending every minute in spiritual activity at all. Um, but I think, like, sometimes, yeah, we look for that as a pick-me-up, as something to feel better, as an answer to those things, but it's not actually an answer. Um, because what I really feel like um, um, was impressed on my spirit to remind ourselves of today is that um, Jesus says to us, I will sustain you. You know, sustain is holding up, propping up, or buoying up um, in, in these things. And yeah, Jesus wants to remind us today that he will sustain us. He says, I will sustain you. So we're, um, we're here in all of those things, um, and sometimes it doesn't feel good, and sometimes even the good doesn't feel good enough. Um, and I think that's a, a natural way to feel about it, because we, are, we have this hope, you know, that is ahead of us. Um, so we're living here in the, in the in between in the real world that we can that's sometimes hard to take, um, and with a God that sustains us. And I was thinking about that sort of imagery, and the first thing that came to mind was Hansel and Gretel in the dark forest. So don't don't take this story as a as a, as a picture of the whole thing because it's pretty grim, um, and it's pretty horrendous. Even if you look back to the origins, I mean, we all know the Grimm's brothers' stories were actually not children's stories. But then, even if you look at where this particular story came from, in the in the I think it's the 1400s, it was even worse. But just as an image of being in this kind of um, unknown, 
adventure that is the world that sometimes seems quite dark and I just you know like to see these children just going oh here's a bit of bread and I'll go on and here's a bit of bread and I'll go on um, which I thought was quite a cool um, what just sprang to mind is a picture of, of what it sometimes seems like it's kind of like I have got no idea what is going on in my life but here's a bit of bread ahead of me um, and we know obviously that Jesus is uh, very closely tied to the image of bread and the breaking of bread and I was like yeah it's like a broken has been broken and spread out for us. But the other thing was then I was like, crumbs? Is it crumbs, though? Is that, is that the kind of God um, that we serve? And then I thought of Willy Wonka's uh, three-course meal chewing gum, <laughs> where they take a little bit of chewing gum and then, and once again, ignore the wider implications of that part of the story because it's not pretty either, But um, <laughs> if you know it, you know. But the idea of that, like, small piece that becomes a full meal inside of you I thought that's quite um it's quite amazing I was going to read it out and then I I read the passage and I was like man she's nasty so I won't um the the girl that chews the gum but that idea and she's like chewing she's oh yeah I can really taste I can feel it going down it's it's filling me up it's you know I can taste everything I can feel everything and I thought that's probably um a, a, a further picture of of how God sustains us um on our in our deep dark wood is actually like the things that he gives us seem small, can seem small, um, I'm just being really honest here, because I fully believe in, you know, like the, you know, in the, in the big things God does, but like, I don't think it hurts to think about today as a small day, but God is still big, how does that fit, how does that work? Um, I'm, earlier this year, uh, I had, I have a habit of anxiety, and so I tend to just pick up something or other. <laughs> So it doesn't have to be um, something I'm particularly worried about. I'll just find something to find that space. But I'm working on that. I've been talking with a few people about about why and, and how to, you know, how to live better with that without sort of um, just saying, you know, I have this idea that maybe anxiety is not separate from your personality that God gave you. It's just a, a, a personality trait of being a bit more watchful, a bit more sensitive to what's going on, and that might not be bad. So let's not let's chuck it all out. Let's go. Okay, God, this is a um, a part of how you made me to worry about things. But instead of just you, you know, instead of letting whatever thoughts access it, if I let you access, what do you want me to think about? What do you want me to pray about? What what could I just do something about today, even? Um, that kind of thing. So anyway, but I was anxi- anxious, anxitis. I was anxious about the future post oh, a whole bunch of stuff at the start of the year. I mean, um, it, not just about the whole COVID thing, but just um, lots of stuff about where New Zealand was heading, I guess. And it really taken a hold of me to the point where I was, um, you know, like I had a heavy spirit and I had a fear of the future. Um, and, and I'd had a particular conversation with someone who also <laughs> had a heavy spirit and a fear of the future, and I was like, I don't, you know, like, I don't, I don't want this, um, and, and so I was praying about it, and just 10 words from God um, came to me, there's more joy ahead of you than behind, just those literal 10 words, and I just was like, oh, and, and it, uh, um, just 10 words to all of this mad thoughts that I'd had for, like, you know, all these words coming at you from the news, from friends, you know, you're trying to, you know, talk it out and all that kind of thing. And then just the, they just sort of dropped inside of me and they became sustaining to me. And they sustained me. And it doesn't um, explain everything. It's, you know, like it seems like a small morsel. It doesn't promise my life's going to be great forever and I'll never end up in prison for being a Christian. It doesn't even promise that, you know. But um, it just promises there's more joy ahead. So I thought, oh, yeah, if I can think back to what God's done, if I can think back to 
the joy that's been in my life. If there's more ahead, then cool, I can handle whatever else. And it, and it became a, a, a crumb that became a meal inside of me. Um, also, looking at sustain, which is to sustain is to hold up or to prop up, um, I went on to look at sustenance. And, the, and the, the, there's like a sort of a, a subtle shift in the meaning once you take it to sustenance, where it becomes actually an active process that's ongoing inside of you, um, which gives support and endurance and strength from the inside. So, I mean, you look at sustain, and that's good. Like, you think, oh, you're propping up, holding up. But sustenance has become something that's inside, um, a strength inside, an endurance inside, food inside. Um, and that, I think, is what is the sort of magic of the magic of the cross, um, of Jesus breaking for us uh, and becoming something which we consume. And, you know, like, I know that... You know, it all sounds a, it can sound a little bit strange, but like as a picture, it's so complete. You can see why God says, "Consume me, let me become um, con- um, a part of what's inside of you that is your strength." You know, like, and it's pretty simple if you think about food. We consume it, becomes part of us. It gives us strength to go on. Um, and there's so many uh, references in the Bible to Jesus being the bread of life, broken for us. Um, you know, eat and drink a man, you'll never be hungry or thirsty again. Um, uh, which, yeah, is is cool. So, in looking at John 20, I was just, um, was really, uh, re- yeah, really struck by a couple of moments and, and the idea that Jesus was really meeting us and them. In the, in the humanity, like in the, just the real sort of everyday life that they were going about. It's like a little bit um, detailed, a little bit mundane almost. And just that real um, feeling that Jesus was like quite excited to be like what, what was between, you know, like what was separating us has now become finished. Um, and I can meet you where you are, and even though, you know, like he says, uh, you know, I've still got to go back to God, but it was, I wonder whether it was a little bit like, you know, now I can really connect with you, and then, you know, then I'm off, but it's like, it was like a little moment between where he could connect, and then, um, and then in the future we'll be like that again, 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 again. Um, so the first uh, moment or person that I want to look at is Mary in John 20, verse 11, um, where Jesus has died and rose, risen again, but then no one's quite sure what's going on yet. Um, and Mary was outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot, and they asked her, woman, why are you crying? And they, uh, they said, uh, and she said, you have taken, they have taken my Lord away, and I don't know where they have put him. She seems to, she seems to be quite fixated on where they've put him. She asked that three times, actually, if you look back, but that's a side note. I was like, interested, was she thinking, she still called him my Lord, so she still had complete faith in him, but she was also quite like, where is the body I need to, like, where is he at? Um, I don't know whether that was because she didn't want to miss the moment of resurrection, or whether she just, you know, it was just like, I just need to know. Anyway, this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary... Um, 
uh, that really made me think of the first moment that we meet Jesus in our, in our walk with him and in our faith, or the first time we hear him say our name. And I was reading a, a cookbook this week, and um, it was written by a Korean who went to America, and then I think when she was about 14 or something, her dad decided they needed um, American English names, and then just sat down at dinner one night and told them, this is your new name. <laughs> and she was like, what the... Um, without even, you know, even consulting, this is your name, they had three kids, this is your name and this is your name. Um, and that was that. that was, and he said, I've already changed it on all your paperwork and all your certificates and all of your um, um, travel stuff. And, and, they, and she was really angry for a really long time and it sounds like probably maybe a little bit for the rest of her life. Um, and it just made me think, how important is your name um, because it's your identity? And I think, you know, like, obviously we can change our own names if we choose to and people have different names for us, but, like, it's, it, it was really Jesus speaking to her identity right then and saying, I see you as an individual out of the hundreds of millions of people before and after. I see you, you know, and that, in that moment um, is really important and sustaining, I think. Um, and it, it can echo through our, our life and we can sort of go back and say, look, Jesus, just say my name again. <laughs> um, because it's really sustaining when you're kind of like going, what the heck is going on? Um, and Thomas, I will not take too long because actually, uh, Thomas was another thing that re- another person that really stood out when, he, when Jesus came to meet with Thomas. And Jesus had appeared to the disciples. And of course, um, Thomas says, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put his finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it on my side, stop doubting and believing. Probably these days he'd just think he'd been hacking his stuff to listen to what he'd been saying before but in those days it just showed that Jesus had been hearing Thomas already and Thomas said to him my Lord and my God then Jesus said to him because you have seen me you have believed blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed and I think like um, how we've kind of thought about it or maybe that's how I've picked up on the past of um, Thomas being quite like um, a bit swaggery and a bit like you know um, unless he proves it to me I'm not going to believe but then I thought maybe it wasn't like it's possible that it wasn't like that at all that he actually was just so afraid you know he'd had so much hope and so much like this is the answer um, in following Jesus that when Jesus died and seemed to fail he was like I can't cope with that again I can't unless you know like I'm not going to just go willy-nilly believing people anymore unless you can prove it kind of thing and I think you know like so we kind of are a bit down on Thomas for, for that statement but then Jesus actually came back again just for Thomas having heard those doubts and I thought that really showed you know like he knows that we're dust like in a red uh, he knows um, he knows these things and how cool you know like it's kind of like oh that's a bit of a telling off but also how cool that um, Thomas would have known that Jesus heard his doubts and came back to meet them and reassure him um, and I think that kind of you can, you can kind of shift on how you think about how Jesus views our doubts when you see how he acted to Thomas and think that maybe he wasn't just being like, yeah, prove it. He was actually like, God, I need you to prove it right now. You know, sometimes we can be like, yeah, I'm, I can walk by faith. I don't see anything. But every so often, I think sometimes you're like, God, <laughs> you know, I know you don't have to. But if you could just prove it right now, that would really be really sustaining for me in my faith. Um, and then I just, um, what also popped into my mind was actually the, the disciples on the road to uh, um, Emmaus, which is actually not in um, 
than John, but um, it seemed like the right place to go next. So, um, obviously, they, well, not obviously, but they are walking along, talking to each other about what had happened, and as they discussed these things, so it says two of them, so it could have been anyone from the previous. There's actually a few of them named in the previous bit, so we don't know which two, but it could have one of those two. Um, we're walking, going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from re- recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walked along? And then they, they talk about all the things that Jesus had did. And I just noticed they also say they... Um, so they've talked about Jesus and how he's been crucified and they just mentioned we had hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel um, and what's more it's the third day since this has taken place so they've obviously lost a bit of hope um, and they say people are saying he's alive but um, you know and Jesus says how foolish you are which is a common <laughs> probably an apt thing he can say to us quite often um, but then Later on, he reveals that he's Jesus, and they said, oh, when our heart's burning within us, and, you know, like, that's quite a long uh, passage, so I won't read it all, but that's Luke 24, 13 to 35. Um, and I, <clears throat> but I was just caught on that thing that Jesus himself came along and walked along with them and just sort of listened and talked with them, and they didn't know it. And that really spoke to me about how, like I mentioned, that sometimes even a good day is, is pretty, like, is this it? Um, or you know, like or it just seems mundane. Mundane, and I kind of, and even in John twenty-one, it talks about the disciples having gone back to fishing, um, which was their job. And I, I'd imagine that also speaks to you know spreading the gospel because being fishers are men. But also, like it could just be um, so help us to see that we could just be walking along, trudging along, as kind of how I imagined it, because they weren't they were pretty downcast, or just going back to work, or just going back to parenting, or just going back to daily life. Um, and not realising that Jesus is actually walking along with us until he reveals himself, and and they're like, oh, our hearts were burning, actually. Um, And I just thought that's really sustaining, too, sometimes on a a given day to feel, you know, like to to allow God to walk with us and know that he is, even if we don't feel it, which is another song we sang this morning. Um, Yes, so looking at Mary, he calls us by name, uh, a moment that happens... Sometimes once in our, our, our decision to follow him, but I feel like the, the echo and the recognition that he gives us is something that goes on and on through our life and becomes sustaining to us. Um, it gives us security and identity, and um, yeah, becomes a sustenance that even that one word, you know, like she immediately recognized him as, like, you know, my Lord and my God, you know, I can go on. <laughs> Um, and he knows our doubts like with Thomas he comes back um, a bruised reed he won't break uh, he knows we're dust he know, like that Christmas song that great oh holy night that line that we love to sing he knows our need to our weaknesses no stranger like to the freedom that that brings to know that we don't have to pretend everything is great all the time and I'm not yeah like I'm a fully you know I believe God can do everything and is everything and actually there's you know an endless amount of joy knowing you know knowing that we're saved and and, and everything that he's done but he also knows that we're like living it out in a human way right now um and he doesn't that doesn't bother him in the slightest and it brings us real freedom 
and yeah, and just that he really walks with us every step of the way, whether we know it or not, is a really sustaining um, thing. And that sustenance is something that's ongoing and a process that's on the inside of us. And it's not a small thing. It can seem small on paper. Um, if you just say, oh, God said this to me, and they're like, okay, cool. Um, but you, you don't understand that's been sustaining me for a year. He told me that, you know, this will pass. Or he told me, I, I love you, or I was there with you at that time, and suddenly I can handle all that pain of, of, of the past because I knew he was there, which doesn't make sense logically necessarily, but it's, it's the... Um, it's Jesus himself living in us, and that's what sustains us. Um, we don't need, you know, like we can enjoy entertainment and friends and family, but that, we don't need that to sustain us. Um, we can, you know, be like, oh my gosh, what does the future hold for us as a country? Like, um, what was the, does any of our lives ever hold for us, but without it overwhelming us because we're sustained and we know he will sustain us? Um, and we can even bring our doubts to him um, because he's heard them anyway for one thing, but also like he's not afraid of them. He's like, yeah, I can prove it. Um, it's, it's, best to, you know, it's best if you believe, but if you don't, I will totally meet you there. Um, and I know he has in my life and I'm pretty sure that he, that he will have in yours. And it, the, we want to finish the race, right? We want to stand there, you know, like I think it's that thought that sometimes is in our head. It's like, I, I don't want to not finish this race. You know, like you look to, that's why you love to see older people that are like yeah, finishing strong because you're like, it can be done because sometimes you're not sure if you've got the strength to do it and it's true you don't, but it's like, how am I going to do it? And it's in the sustenance because you want to finish strong. You want to be found faithful. You want to run the race. Um, you don't want to lose the plot in a big or a small way, like God's very merciful, but you're like, I, I, I hunger to reach that, that day where I meet you face to face, and, and you know, it's all by grace and his mercy, but to know that I held on to you because you're holding on to me, and that's why that sustenance is super important. Um, I'll just check that I've covered... Yeah, and I, like I said, I just really, I, I said, you know, what, what should we, what should we talk about? And he was like, I will sustain you. So I just hope that's really um, encouraged. That's not the bit that I'm looking for, because that's what I wanted to do is be encouraging. Um, the moment of recognition sustains us. It feeds our hungry hearts. It brings life to our bones, hope to our hearts, breath to our lungs, and moves our feet. And we lift our head to meet his gaze. So I'm just going to play a song. The song in itself is not wildly important. It just came along while I was preparing for this, and it, it, it sort of stayed, so I thought we'll, we'll play it in a second. Um, and I'll put the words up so you know what it's saying and not be like, what the heck, I didn't catch that. Um, but what I just really wanted in this moment, because as it, alongside what I was preparing, I really felt like Jesus himself was here wanting to sustain us with himself, like, you know, post-Easter, like, you know, thinking about the bread, how it was broken for us. He didn't do it um, for fun. <laughs> he did it because it was necessary to sustain us, and it would be um, a shame if he was here wanting to meet, wanting to, you know, like, wanting to, to feed us um, without sounding weird. 
wanting to you know sustain our hearts for the journey and in this moment um, and not have that chance to meet with him so I just and I thought I'll play a song because then the music team can join in without having to play their play themselves um, just you're welcome um, and I just thought too like not all of us are like woohoo carried away by music you know some prefer to just have a cup of tea in the morning and talk to God or go for a walk or, or talk while they're working but I just thought for today this is your exercise so you have to do it um, <laughs> And just think about, you know, like maybe God will, you know, like really um, press this, you know, like uh, press this reminder on you of his sustaining or maybe it will happen through the week. But in any case, I just thought it might be helpful to think about the moment where you first heard him call your name um, or ask him to just speak your name again because you you want to you wanna hear that. Or um, you could tell him about some of your doubts or think about some of the times that he's met your doubts and just remind yourself of his faithfulness in that way. Um, or you could just be like, you know, like have a think about how mundane it's seeming <laughs> and just ask him just to let your heart burn and, and let him feel that he's with you right now. And I just, yeah, like I just feel like it's really about Jesus today. Um, that he, you know, that's important for us to eat for the journey, um, and that, that, that that's, this could be a moment that, and an ongoing thing, obviously, but this could be a moment that's very sustaining, so to not let it pass by, um, but let him be him, which is everything we need. Um, <clears throat> you know, and it's, yeah, um, it can sound small, I guess, and I like I. Yeah, you know, like even as I'm saying the words, I'm like, you know, it doesn't it doesn't sound like a big hurrah, um, <laughs> big, you know, like God, da, da. but um, but I think that it's key. Yeah, like not to look anywhere else, but also not to fear that we won't make it, not to fear that something's coming that's going to be too big for him, that we won't, you know, that he won't be able to sustain us through. Um, or even things you may be facing right now that you're like, you know, what, what is this, God? Um, but that he is able to sustain you. Um, so I've put the words, we'll put the words up, as I said, so you can have a read, but don't focus too much on them, but just like let it be like a, I, I kind of imagine it like bookends, just pushing out a bit of time. So feel free to close your eyes or, or and if it's not your usual kind of thing, give it a go anyway. Um, and then after that, Marty will um, hop up and we'll maybe pray for some, if there's anything specific that we feel comes out of it. But this is a, like a enforced, I'll to call you, I'll have to be on it. So, um, but uh, yeah, cool, right. I'll just actually, I will pray just before we do. That's what, that's what I was feeling, sorry. Um, Jesus, we just really welcome, welcome your presence. We welcome who you are. We thank you that you were broken for us. We thank you that you sustain us. You're our sustenance. That um, you know our humanity and that you love us so much that you'll come and meet us wherever we're at. But we thank you that while it can seem a small thing, it's not a small thing. That it brings strength. That allows us to, to make it to that day, whether it's tomorrow or a hundred, hundred years or a thousand years that we will be sustained by you, Jesus. And we, yeah, we just ask, and uh, 
We don't ask that we come, God. We recognize that you're here now, Jesus. And I ask that um, you'll speak to each heart and to each mind, God, whether they technically know you or follow you or not, God, that doesn't bother you either. I just really pray that you'll speak to anyone that's listening in this moment and that that, that word will go down and, yeah, and become a, a, a sustenance from the inside. And we, we honour you, Jesus, as, that, as our feast.